0: I'm Gabriel Stallion Shanks. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm the artistic director of the Drama League. Welcome.
1: Hi, and I'm Nylan. My pronouns are he, him, and I am the associate artistic director of the Drama League. And before we start, you may notice that uh, Gabriel and I are not wearing masks, <laughs> <laughs> nor are we uh, six feet apart. Um, that's because um, very early in the quarantine, we decided to be in each other's pods. So we're, we're staying safe and healthy. Um, today, we're doing things a little differently. Um, first off, we're in our actual space here um, in Tribeca, New York, the Stuart F. Lane and Bonnie Commonly Studio Lab that has historically uh, developed new plays and musicals.
0: But as artists around the world are experimenting uh, with the context of new technologies in theater, um, hybrid work in film and television, digital capture, we're transforming this space during the pandemic to build an experimental lab for artists to play with those new technologies Mm -hmm. so that we can propel forward as theater returns to live performance in the future.
1: Mm-hmm. And we've had some great partners in this work. And we want to especially thank the Trust for Mutual Understanding for making this conversation possible and their generous support for our international stage directors and exchange.
0: Thank you, Trust for Mutual Understanding. We also would like to recognize the Howard Gilman Foundation, the Haydn Watson Foundation, the Sylvia W. and Randall M. Cowders Foundation the National Endowment for the Arts, the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs, the New York State Council on the Arts, the Schubert Foundation, the Leo Scholl Foundation for the Arts, and all of our Drama League members, corporations, and individuals worldwide. Thank you for supporting us.
1: Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Um, That has allowed us to uh, reach out to our colleagues um, around the world, including directors who have been a part of our league family of international artists. And today, we are absolutely thrilled to be talking with Veselin Dimov, who is a stage director, the artistic director of the ACT Festival and Theatre Momo, and the chairman of uh, Topla Centrada, a new independent venue that will, that will be opening next year, right? Next
0: year, next year. Uh, we're
1: also welcoming to this roundtable, Vasilena Radova and Nathan
0: Cooper. They are the incredible husband and wife team who lead Panic Button Theatre, which is based in Sofia, Bulgaria. Um, Vasi is an independent theatre and state theatre director, and we'll talk about what that means for her career. Um, Nathan, who is American-born but Sofia-based, uh, is also an actor and director. So. Uh, we're thrilled to have
1: them all. Yes, and Vesco, Vasi, and Nathan have all been a part of our Drama League International Exchange Program for years uh, with their works in the U.S. and participating in workshops and master classes back in Bulgaria. So, <laughs> <laughs> let's begin. That was
0: a lot, but Vesco, Vasi, and Nathan, welcome. Hi, how are you? Hi.
2: Oh, pretty comfortable in your studio, in your virtual studio.
0: (laughs) Thank you for having us. We're thrilled to have you. I think what we want to begin uh, with here in America during the pandemic, it is always the first question. Are you safe? Are you healthy? And how have you been in the world? Why don't we start with you, Vasi? Uh, Where are you and how are you? I'm at
2: my house probably that's nothing original (laughs) most of people are at home now um we're healthy i say we because my family um everybody's healthy we have two kids and kids are going to school so things in bulgaria for now let's hope it will stay like that um are we're not um, how to say uh, we, we are trying to prevent uh, risk and not to have um, close contacts and, uh, with a lot of people, but uh, life is kind of normal here now.
0: That's great. And I think in another room of your house is Nathan. Um, Nathan, how are Good. you doing? Also doing quite well. Um,
3: we, uh, you know, as Vassi mentioned, things are more or less back to normal for us here in Bulgaria. Um, we do, as she mentioned, still have some, you know, social distancing, especially with people you don't have close contacts with. We wear masks in stores, um, but for the most part, things have come back. As we're coming up toward the fall and the winter, there's a little bit of uncertainty about how much of that freedom that we, we have right now in terms of movement is gonna be able to, to continue. Um, but we, uh, we're starting rehearsals in October for a piece that we're hoping to have a premiere for in December. And so in a lot of ways, we actually are in, uh, living in a little bit of a different reality than people are back in the home. I talked to a lot of friends and family back home. And it's really a very, very different situation for us here than it is back there.
0: It's great to hear that you are. We we dream of being in that world again here.
3: I And I wish it quickly uh, for everybody back home. I do.
0: Thanks. Vesco, where are you
4: and and how are you doing? I'm at home also. <clears throat> Uh, this year was uh, very unusual. It's still very unusual, but in a lot. So we had like a three months of lockdown, March, April, and June, May, April and May. And then uh, slowly, slowly the, the situation about the artistic wor- uh, events and uh, artistic world here is uh, kind of normal we have uh, possibility to rehearse and show performances with a 50% of capacity of the of the spaces and uh, yeah i think it was pretty much intensive year I- especially here because uh, paradoxically for the independent scene in bulgaria this year was i would say revolutionary it opened a lot of new opportunities for the development and it it made a a good environment. These uh, strange circumstances created a good environment for better development of the independent scene. So there is a lot of work on that still going on with the Ministry of Culture and the Municipality of Sofia to make better conditions uh, for the independent scene here.
0: And how have they done that? We, I mean, it, it's so wonderful on some level to hear that you are back to 50% capacity in in your theaters. We know that some countries in Europe are seeing a second spike mm-hmm. uh, in Spain and the UK. Um, how, how has it made the scene for independent artists um, and the independent theaters that aren't a part of the state system in, in Bulgaria? How has it made it better?
4: Maybe because for many years it used to be pretty pretty bad and following, I would say, a wrong uh, uh, wrong inertia from the past. But now it got uh, from the march, uh, We it got the culture operators and artists uh, as together as they've, they've never been before. So we felt really strong and together. And then we started uh, to put a uh, big pressure and Then we never had such big influence on the cultural policies, especially on the state cultural policies as now. We managed to push the ministry to have a a, a support for the artists. And also we increased three times uh, the the subsidies for the independent projects. And for the first time, we managed to have a program for structural support, not only artists, not only individual performances, but also support for organizations. And the deadline is after a few days. So all the organizations now preparing projects. For the first time, we managed to have an open call for visual arts. So it's been a pretty, pretty intensive year with a a lot of new uh, things appearing.
3: Yeah, there's been a lot of emergency funding for these projects. And in the past, the, the, the totals that they were, that y- you were able to apply for were really very small and it was hard to realize your projects. And all of a sudden, you're allowed to apply for a lot more money. And it's, uh, it, it really is, it feels like a very different situation. Um, we'll see where things go after the pandemic is done because right now it's all through the guise of emergency funding. Um, they wanna make sure that you know, they're keeping the economy uh, you know they're they're pumping money into the economy, and so they're giving artists uh, these opportunities to apply for funds. And where I, I
4: hope it, it continues at this level after the pandemic dies down. We keep on pressing for that. They promised for the next year. Let's see. So,
0: so just so I understand, this is a a a reaction to the pandemic, or was this in in uh, part of a larger movement to support the artistic community there?
2: Yeah. Vesco's uh, association ACT actually works on this field for more than 10 years, 11 years, um, to to make better condition for independent artists. But uh, now with the crisis, um, actually um, the crisis did their work much better (laughs) just for a couple of months, let's say, because in March when uh, theater shut down and um, there was no possibility for anybody who is independent artist to work all of a sudden the government realized that uh, there are a lot of uh, people who don't have any incomes they don't have any salaries now and they cannot survive actually without some kind of crisis help and that makes the, the independent sector much more visible for our politicians let's say. Before that because they usually don't go to theater <laughs> and before that we kind of didn't exi- exist for them and now they realized, um, thanks to, to us of course, thanks to, uh, to the artists who are kind of very clear that we need help, they realized that there is um, a very, um, what's the word for that, like innovative sector in the culture in Bulgaria what is independent theater and this sector needs support.
0: It seems uh, you and Nathan run an independent company there, and then you direct in both the independent theaters uh, of Bulgaria and the state-run theaters. Are you feeling, as an artist, the difference in support um, when you work in the independent sector now? Uh,
2: Because now there are a lot of open calls for grants for uh, independent artists and uh, companies. And they didn't exist before. And um, in the state theater, what is institutional theater, they have uh, permanent support from the government. Mm -hmm. And um, artists there, they, of course, with the shutting down, uh, uh, closing theaters, they also didn't work, but they kept uh, having some money, their money, actually, from like um, like sure salary. uh, And uh, now, of course, the support, we should um, apply for it. It's not just like, okay, we're giving you money (laughs) and make whatever you want. We should write projects and apply and that's pretty much our work uh, last uh, couple of months actually. We keep writing projects, not rehearsing actually, almost not thinking in a creative way, but thinking mostly in administrative way and creative uh, crisis uh, way, let's say, how to keep going with with our art. Um, But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, there is this cliche for us this crisis with the pandemic uh, turn out to be really a possibility, a new possibility.
1: I agree so much with the idea of uh, the positive coming out of this moment, <clears throat> um, because I really think it's put a face on who uh, actually make theatre, um, who are the people, who keep it alive, keep it beating, and keep it changing. And I think we're definitely seeing that in America, too, at large. Uh, this moment has really um, called out uh, every crew member, um, every stage hand, um, every uh, non-union and union actor, and so forth, so forth. Those who um, truly are the foundation of it all. And I think, uh, speaking of foundations, they're also uh, crumbling rapidly right now in this moment too um and 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 I will say that with with the thick um of of the political cultures that are happening and these protests that we are seeing around the world right now I think uh equality is definitely a big issue um that's that's on a national stage here in the US uh in Belarus Poland the UK the UK France and and um where you all are in Bulgaria too Um, I wonder if you have thoughts to, um, what's happening on ground and maybe some changes that you would love to see, um, stay with you all past this moment or things that you hope, um, um, are birthed out of this moment. We know there are protests that have
0: occurred, uh, over the last few months in Bulgaria. Um, Here in America, they're making profound changes. How have they affected the art and the culture of Bulgaria in this moment?
4: Well, um, I I hope, I believe, uh, actually in a a positive way, because now it's kind of waking up. We had this kind of protest in 2013. uh, And now, seven years later, we have them again. It's a slowly, slowly the society of of Bulgaria, especially the young people come to emancipate, come to to claim their rights and claim the the right for democracy. Because our transition from the communistic regime until 2030, I would say, was a very fake simulation of democracy and a very um, kind of cunning uh, simulating of transition. Actually, nothing really, nothing much really changed. So, mm-hmm. so I believe now the the changes are going on since the already the the new generations come in power, and the feeling is that the emancipation is unstoppable, is uh, beyond the point of of of, of return. Uh, and even though the 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 protests in the last few weeks are less uh, less shown and less visited and less strong as it was one month ago i believe no effort goes uh, goes in vain so mm-hmm. there is now there is this critical mass or especially of young people and we have this opportunity because of the virus a lot of young people who were studying or living abroad returned to their parents, to their families. So this potential is also here. And now I believe it's uh, we, 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 uh, we, we reach the bottom and we can go only up now.
0: I think it feels the same here. It feels inevitable here that change is, is yes.
1: underway. You said something beautiful yes. about uh, no effort goes in vain. And I think um, the work that's being done now, uh, re- regardless of uh, its its size or or um, um, how vastly it's communicated or picked up on, like the news or so forth around, I believe that's going to have tangible and and forwarding effect for sure.
0: One of the questions I have, though, about that, and and maybe Nathan, and I will come to you with this question is. Um, these larger social movements and political movements in the United States are trickling into the theater community and the arts community. And um, there's a lot of comf- uh, conversation about what stories and what plays are done on our stages and who is hired to make those. Um, is the political movements in in Europe, Bulgaria, and these other countries we're talking about, um, Are the artists wrestling with similar issues or are they sort of separate conversations?
3: You know, I think a lot of um, the protests here are really very much focused on the amount of corruption in the government. And of course, we could draw parallels between um, inequality in the sense of if there is corruption in the government, it's not a representative democracy. politicians are looking out for their own interests and not for the people they're representing. And so you can make some parallels there with what's happening in the States. But in terms of, you know, identity and whose stories we're telling and making sure that we're representing uh, the entire demographic of the country, that's, not, in in my opinion, that's not really coming into the into the artistic process here in Bulgaria. I think, uh, you know, one of the things that that Vasi and I are trying to do with Panic Button Theater is to take uh, social themes and work with them with each one of our plays or performances that we're developing. And I know in, in the States, you know, it's not political theater. We're trying to do something that's more of socially aware theater to promote active citizenship. It's this uh, term that we've come across in the last couple of years, wherein we want all of our shows to kind of encourage people. Um, to wake up and to take part in their own lives, in the sense that if every single person is an active citizen, the entire system works better in some way. And I think, um, you know, we specifically are trying to to put work out there, trying to create pieces that will encourage people, um, you know, to to, to get off their phones, to, to get out, and to do something productive, to engage with life. And I think uh, for for us, that's more of an important topic that we're dealing with right now, as opposed to sort of, you know, race relations. Bulgaria is a predominantly white country. Um, There's immigrants, of course, who have come here from various parts of the world, but there are, and and if you guys wanna speak more specifically as Bulgarians to this topic, you can. but I don't see these the, these things really being put into the into the artistic process or into the conversation.
0: Would you agree with that, Vasi? Yeah,
1: uh,
2: in the traditional Bulgarian theater, there is still the belief that um, real art uh, should stay higher than um, the contemporary problem. Let's say it should deal uh, deal with existential problems, uh, and um, a lot of my colleagues uh, still think that it's kind of um, how to say under their level, their level, they to deal in their art with uh, contemporary issues and uh, let's say modern topics. Uh, and uh, that's something what uh, is slowly changing in Bulgaria. For example, now with all the protests uh, uh, for me especially and some uh, friends of mine who are artists too. We realize, we realize that we need to have more uh, touching points between art and activism. And uh, also we have this idea in Panic Button Theater to make uh, some kind of club for discussions and meetings where actors or artists meet activists and uh, kind of educational pro- program about political theater too. Uh, because uh, especially this summer, my second job was to go to protest, honestly. <laughs> I I spent a lot of uh, nights uh, outside on the square. Our relatives from the States, they were terrified uh, seeing me on pictures without mask among, uh, among uh, a lot of people. Uh, but actually, it's very important because uh, if... Uh, if you don't have a, if i don't have a position um, clear position as a citizen uh, about what's going on i think i cannot uh, have clear position as an artist too so i think mm-hmm. this uh, these two things are pretty much connected
1: and that's universal right now um... We're using the term civically engaged a lot right now in the U.S. Um, that that my art is civically engaged. I think that definition is definitely growing um, and definitely um, building. But uh, I think this pandemic at large truly um, left so many artists out of work that uh, what you had to do every day is to be a human. And it's been a big reset at large, right, of, of oh, out in the world are these things, and I guess I have time to deal with these things now. Um, and uh, there's a lot of talk about I'm going to say in quotes when we come back, <laughs> or whatever that it means. Um, what stays? What goes? What lingers? Um, what really gets put into the fold? So it, it's it's quite interesting to hear um, that that our neighbors on the other side of the world are having the same conversation. And
0: and it makes me curious about something else that's happening here a lot. So in the United States, we have effectively shut down all theater performance across the entire nation. And uh, although we are seeing a few productions start to come back, it will probably be well into 2021 before we are back to what we would consider normal uh, in that practice. Um, So a lot of theater artists here have begun to experiment, as I said in the opening, with digital technology Um, and the idea that theater can be a live experience through Zoom, as we're talking today, or through film and video, things that are either edited or live streamed. Um, and I'm curious. We, I think, we in America feel a little forced to that in some way. We can't, we can't work in person in the moment. So we are exploring these other things. And some people are very excited by that. Others are not. Um, but certainly, I think it's going to be a part of our practice going forward. In Bulgaria, where you had a shorter shutdown than us, and you are back to fifty percent, uh, I'm curious if uh, you see in the in the theater field there, um, a similar interest in technology. And Vesco, I'm going to come to you because I know when we first met long ago, you were already playing with digital technology inside your theater work Mm -hmm. and uh, in very exciting ways. So um, what is the role of technology right now in uh, the theater of of Bulgaria and of Europe that
4: you are seeing? Well, uh, I think the tendency to use digital technology is from the last 15 years or so. It started 15 years ago and it, it gets bigger every year. And now, now it's uh, the big uh, reach to the big accelerator <laughs> because now it feels like the total field of uh, performing arts, especially in the States is closed. And now a new rules are in the making, uh, which has a lot of dangers, but also a lot of possibilities. Uh, that's, that's also the, the two meanings of the, of the ge- hieroglyph of crisis. It's a danger, but it's also a possibility.
0: What do you mean by that? What do you mean by the danger and the possibility?
4: Uh, in the Chinese, there is one hieroglyph, one uh, sign for both uh, crisis, and it means both uh, danger and also possibility, because mm-hmm. it, it is mm-hmm. a change. And uh, in a way, uh, I think it will change the arts. It will accel- accelerate big change. In the more developed uh, um, technological countries, like the States, uh, it, will, uh, it will create a performing arts that is thought from the beginning to be shot and pre- presented in other ways, different than the live performance. In our country, it will take more time, maybe five, 10 years to reach to that level. They're talking about that, it, but it's just a talk because it's, uh, it's something that is modern to talk about, but it, it also takes more resources to do so. Mm-hmm. And uh, it will create in a way, the life performance to become a luxury which is also a danger, but a big possibility. It will be a luxury. It will probably get the price of the tickets uh, up for the live performances. And it will uh, start to make artists think about how to present their work uh, in a better way, to shoot it in a better way with several cameras to, to then edit better as we've seen in in, uh, uh, British companies, they started to make uh, their premieres streaming uh, everywhere. It will create a lot of possibilities to watch premieres all around the world, which is very nice, but also it's double for me. It's also exciting. And at the same time, it's uh, a little bit, uh,
0: yes, it
4: changes
3: so quickly. Oh. If I can jump in, Vesco, real quick. Uh, sorry, Gabriel, if I can jump in for a sec. Um, I, I'm I'm also a bit hesitant about the idea of throwing technology so quickly into theater. And I'm talking from my personal aesthetic. I think, you know, whoever wants to experiment and work with it, by all means, you know, try it out. You know, for me, it's really important as an for my personal aesthetic that integrating technology is born out of some sort of conceptual place. That if you're putting um, any kind of technology into the piece, I think it should be required by the piece in some way, and not something that you're using only to reach a wider audience. And I'm speaking about my personal aesthetic because part of what I love about theater is the connection between the audience and the performers about the connection amongst the audience that that live energy that happens um, that can be sort of like this amoeba floating through the room and it changes and it shapes the performance and I think if you rely too heavily on technology, you can in a way uh, sort of stop that live aspect of it and so I, I think um, personally i 'm interested in in this specific time in the pandemic in exploring the podcast um, i've applied for a grant to do a podcast, um, at least one episode. And for me, that is a way that I as an artist can still explore dramaturgy, explore storytelling, but I'm gonna use the medium of podcasts, for now at least, as um, the sole medium. And eventually I may do a live presentation of the podcast and that may become theatrical in some ways but again if i'm going to end up doing that i want to make sure that the technology integrates itself seamlessly with the concept
0: yeah i think we would agree that it it um the idea of doing um plays or musicals that were intended for live performance in zoom is sort of trying to put a a circle in a square hole it 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 wasn't intended for that or built for that, and but I think there are, as Vesco mentioned with the National Theatre in the UK, there is a sort of different experience. I don't think it's I don't think it's the live experience, but I also would never get to see their premieres any other way. Um, and it, you know, I have been so blessed in the um, pandemic to be able to see the work of um, the Schaubühne in Germany. Um, where I would never get to see these works any other way. And that has value, you know, figuring out how to do that well. Um, but, but as a competition to live performance, I think it's not in any way that it's, it's, it's a different thing. Does that make sense? Do you, you know what I'm saying? It totally does, yeah. I think,
3: I think there was a bit of a panic in the beginning of, you know, it's like we have nothing to do. Let's make sure we have something to do. And, you know, if you look at an, at an athlete who's injured, they have to rehabilitate. And in a certain way, you know, as artists during a pandemic, if you're a live performer, you have an, an injury, to use the metaphor, um, even if you're not sick. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's good just to kind of take this time to pause, breathe. You know, I liked um, what you guys were saying before about thinking about th- everything has stopped. So what are you going to do when you rebuild it? What things do you want to leave out? What things do you want to put back in? What things do you want to try to add in? I think it's healthy uh, to go through that process.
2: There is also some kind of, let's say, philosophical aspect of what's happening because uh, till now theater was kind of pretty local art. So um, I I knew very small communities who have their theater and people go to every performance there and that's what is it. People like it because that's the only thing they could watch. Uh, And now uh, when more and more performances are reachable uh, all over the world, uh, the level could get much higher because um, um, so the the theater becomes some kind of, global arts uh, and it uh, it compares your talent let's say with the talent of a lot of other artists uh, all Mm -hmm. over the world and uh, it requires much more let's say efforts and talent from you to be on the same page uh, to to be part of the competition let's say people to watch exactly your show on internet uh, when they could choose between 20 shows every day
1: Absolutely. I want to lift some things out that that you all have said. One, uh, Vesco, earlier you brought up um, theater becoming a luxury and ticket sales becoming higher um, because of technology. I think America is already at that place. Um, We we have, um, I will say technology has been um, infiltrating the theater for a very, very long time. And we I think, as a world, are just noticing, like we're not doing shows outside and using sunlight, <laughs> so they can be seen. <laughs> we have lights now, um, and then so forth, so forth. Um, um, so, so that that I think America is um, wrestling with that concern of uh, accessibility um, to the arts. Um, it's it's, a, it's it becomes a, a big class division here of who gets to see a show. Can you afford to be in the room? Um, And then Nathan, you said something amazing that I I think we're all panicking right now. I think uh, the world stopped and we um, noticed we didn't have work anymore. Um, And I think there's gonna be, hopefully when that panic's over, uh, a more uh, rigorous, um, curious, um, experimental um, thought process that goes into how we actually are um, bringing this into the room and how we are really um, Creating work then.
0: I, but it's also got opportunity, right? I, uh, Vasi, I just want to say that uh, just six months ago, you and I and Nylon were sitting in Sofia having a coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about your premiere, but because it wasn't playing during the time that we were in Sofia, we were not able to see it. Um, the, my hope and dream is a world where I can see your work. Um, without having to come on the exact day halfway around. You know, I think so many people would love to see the work of, of you and Vesco and, and Nathan. Um, You're extraordinary artists, and I've been lucky enough to be in your audiences. Um, but I do feel it has been luck, uh-huh. um, and that that I would love for all Americans and Canadians and Brazilians to be able to see your work um in the future so that gives me hope in 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 the opportunity that maybe this digital moment provides us
1: yeah vasa you called it out a global uh, uh artistic uh conference a global exchange i uh, just communication i think is a beautiful uh uh a dream that i hope we turn into f- fruition i hope it actually comes because because s- I know my work has changed because I've gotten to see your work um, and other artists um, beyond my shores, for sure. Speaking of your work,
0: uh, right before we started recording, you were all talking about a premiere that you had just Mm -hmm. uh, that Vesco had just seen. And I was incredibly jealous that I (laughs) was not in that conversation. So let's talk about work. What are you working on right now? Why don't we start with Panic Button Theater? What what are what projects are you at work on right now? Uh,
3: we're going into rehearsals for a piece in October uh, called karaoke night and this piece is a huge question mark how it's going to work out with the pandemic because it's a site specific piece in a bar. Um, the audience comes into the bar as if they're coming to a karaoke night and little by little out of the structure in the form of karaoke, uh, a performance, it's like a, I guess I would call it a devised piece, arises out of the form of karaoke and then subsides back into the form of karaoke and the night returns to karaoke but everything's different. I think somehow uh, having gone through the process of watching this devised piece in the in the midst of the, the context of the whole night, the hope is that the audience will be more free to express themselves using karaoke. Um, And the whole thing, the whole piece is kind of exploring how, um, I guess how, how, you know, how we present ourselves in public. I'm I'm kind of hesitant to use the word identity because it carries so many connotations today. Um, But from a, a sociological, anthropological, ethnographical standpoint, idea of the presentation of identity, You know, we play roles depending on which situation we're in and karaoke is this really strange, fascinating place where you're encouraged to actually play. Usually you're supposed to pretend like you're not playing, but in karaoke you actually get to play. And the song choice, the choice of clothes, how you sing the song is a symbol about who you are and how you see yourself in the context of society. Um, So we're starting this piece in October. We've got a a premiere set right now for the third and the 10th of December. But if we continue at 50% capacity and we're supposed to social distance, we have to make a plan how we're gonna have an audience. Uh, Really the idea is that at the beginning of the show, the audience comes in expecting to see theater because it's panic button theater presents karaoke night, but it starts out as a real karaoke night. And so the question is how do you get people To deal with that. Um, And I really have no idea what we're going to do. I have a great vision for the piece, but specifically how this works in the pandemic, I have no idea. Um, My plan for right now is to prepare everything, have a sort of like a Corona friendly version of it, which then later on we'll sort of take the training wheels off of and let the piece live on its own when we can have bigger audiences and when people really are free to interact. Because part of the idea is that you come into the piece with your own social group and through the experience, you break out of your social group, meet new people, and you find connections with people you never thought you would have before. People who, uh, based off of the way they appear, you maybe are hesitant to contact them, but then it turns out you both love the same song and you strike up a friendship. How do you have those connections while social distancing, Let's have another podcast in about six months, and I'll tell you. <laughs> well,
0: you know, uh, America loves its karaoke, and w- actually, we had the news on before we started today, and there was a um, <clears throat> a karaoke club here that had a, um, a non socially distanced packed to the gills, uh, and were and the police came and and shut them down last night. So. In America, we don't know how to do it right now either, but we all want to get back to that karaoke moment. So I'm excited to see that piece. Um, Vesco, what are you working on right now?
4: I had a quite intensive year. I did an audio play uh, based on Bulgarian playwright, Raina Markova, uh, which was a complex story on uh, political, entomological and physiological about the Lyme disease. And in a love story uh, of impossible love between men and a woman. Uh, And then later we created a video. So now is a piece 52 minutes long that you can listen and watch abstract uh, images that we created. Uh, This was during the pandemic in March, April. That's what we did. So for me it was very intensive. I didn't uh, have a a lockdown uh, feeling. And later, after that, we created a show based on a Russian play for two people again, men and a woman, with a, where we, we used a wardrobe and a carpet and two actors. It's very simple. It's based on a the poor theater aesthetics. It's an absurdic play uh, with very unclear genre between drama and comedy. But uh, I'm 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 very satisfied with the. Uh, with the process and maybe also with the result. We have six more shows until the end of 2020. And my next project is for the same space. We did Another Man. Another Man is the name of the Russian play. The next project is uh, The Collection by Harold Pinter. Mm
1: -hmm. That's a wonderful play. Yeah, I'm a big Pinter fan.
2: Yeah, and I can uh, can add that uh, in Panicbuton Theatre, we have still three shows which are going on there. Uh, The premiere of the first show was three years ago and we still play it because uh, it's part of the system here in Bulgaria, the repertoire theatre. You could watch one show so long because there is audience for it actually. Uh, so um, we have this show, tomorrow actually I have performance of this show, it's called Bluebeard and um, another show which opening, uh, which is outdoor show and it's uh, a family performance uh, and the topic is about ecological and uh, the, um, the human print footprint actually in the nature. Uh, So we're touring with this show in small cities in Bulgaria and villages. Uh, It's totally for free. Everybody could come and watch it and enjoy it. And there is workshop after the show. So next weekend we have tour with this show outside Sofia. And also we have this third production, which opening was just... uh, in February, and we had these two shows, and then there was this lockdown. So now we're um, recovering, not recovering, but what's the word for that, like reconstructing the show, and the first uh, public uh, event with this show will be at um, Act Festival, the, this um, 10th uh, edition of Act Festival in October. So we have also a lot of things going on with Panyu Bhutan. I realized that uh, our work has now a lot of uh, directions. <laughs> what? Neat, need, needs work
1: <laughs> i'm excited about that and to all our viewers and listeners we are definitely going to put links to uh these incredible artists websites and theaters so that you can go and check out some of this work and if vesco if that audio play is online um i would love a listen I would, for sure i was gonna say too <laughs> i
0: would love to hear it vesco that sounds exciting but it seems in- exciting.
4: Okay. that's
0: all right i'd still love to hear it <laughs> <laughs>
4: I just want to mention about the technology because I was uh, last month in uh, Barcelona in their uh, Festival for Independent Theatre, which was happening live with the measures. But I watched five shows and three of them, drone was appearing. So drone is a new technology that comes very much in uh, in use.
0: So the so the the
4: the drone was in the theater? Drone, drone, yeah in three of the five shows there were drones appearing on stage and in two of them the key scene was man watching the drone in the eyes it's like the key scene was this so technology and human watch themselves in the eyes fascinating pretty impressive
0: was the drone a camera drone or did it have a speaker or uh, just uh, no theatrical but just flying in the air
4: it's, it's flying in the air sometimes flying over the audience but it appears as a as a as a kind of a main participant on the stage wow.
1: if that is the metaphor of 2020 <laughs> yeah the the absolute perfect yeah. metaphor for 2020 yes <laughs> we'll now
0: have drones instead of actors yes that, that sounds amazing well I want to thank all of you for being here we know this was uh, a, a, a chunk of your day and uh you know vasi and nathan i know you have two adorable children who probably are off screen somewhere but we we really appreciate you making this time um uh until we can be together again please be safe um and thank you for doing this i look forward to seeing you here in america again soon and to be with you in europe uh
1: hopefully uh, in the very near future. Yes, um, I'm. Can't wait to see you all in real time again. And another big thank you to the Trust of Mutual um, Understanding for making this possible.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Bye, guys. Very happy to have you. you again. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys. Bye, bye. I just you guys. want Bye-bye. to say
2: because I know that a lot of artists in the states now are unemployed or few. Kind of really very much psychological also uh, troubles uh, with this situation. Just to say something, what Nielsen actually mentioned that uh, when we cannot do our work and cannot be artists, we could uh, see us again as just human being. And see what's important, like for example, just to to be close to people we love. And to yeah, we could be even more human in this strange techno technology time let's say
0: that that's such a great thought. One of the great joys of my life, and why it's so important for the drama League to share uh, an exchange program with the artists of Bulgaria and Romania and the other countries where we work, is to recognize our humanity mm-hmm. um, to Uh, learn from each other, to find new techniques, and to expand what it means to be a human in this world and an artist. So I really appreciate that. you, uh, All of you have done that for me uh, over the last 12 years that I have been coming to see you and you have been coming to see me. And I think it's really important that we recognize in the pandemic that our humanity is what's important. And by reaching each other, however we can do it, it makes us better. Absolutely. Arts builds community. It does. Even on Zoom. Even on Zoom. (laughs) All right. Thank you all so much. We will see you again soon. Thank you. Take care. (laughs) How great was that?
1: That was a gift. So
0: the change that seems to be coming to Bulgaria because um, the, the nation has clearly stepped up supporting its artist community in this hard time. With all of these new grants and new opportunities, it, it's really, we're, as Vesco said, it's sort of a renaissance a, 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 or a, a new level
1: of work for the, especially the independent scene in
0: Bulgaria. They
1: also talked about at the beginning how they have time to develop and how they feel the theater scene has been running so much that development has gone out the window and they um vassy was uh, she had a big old smile on her face going we're developing we're taking the time to really critique that idea and reshape it before we're we're just uh putting it on a conveyor belt (laughs) and throwing it out to the audience yeah Yeah.
0: well you know as we wrestle here with the save our stages act and the and and sort of the reemergence of our field um it's so instructive in -hmm. some way to sort of say okay here's what happens when an artistic community um gets a little support um and then really sort of embraces what's possible you know um to them the uh, as vesco said the technology that we're encountering in the pandemic is sort of a um a panacea because we can't do live performance right now has been a part of their work for mm-hmm. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sees sort of the the move towards streaming and things as part of a, a natural evolution through this moment, as opposed to here in America, where I think prior to March, I know so many artists who had never heard of Zoom. And I think, you know, just to bring this up, this is the first in a series of conversations we'll be mm-hmm. having with uh, our friends around the world to talk about different practices as, as the US comes out of this. To see what we can learn from each other and bring into practice. Um, this was a really exciting moment for me.
1: It was. Um, and I'm looking forward to more. Yeah. Yeah.